It's Tiger Details Wednesday on Sports 1280. TigerDetails.com, the best Tiger football and recruiting news. Now, here's Chris Gordy. Thank you, Voice Guy. What an official intro there. It's a Tiger Details Wednesday. And join us now to talk all things LSU, our buddy Jarrett Roser from TigerDetails.com. Jarrett, what's going on, man? Hey, dude, not not too much. Just, you know, trying to tie up some things here in Baton Rouge and excited to get on the road to Austin uh, tomorrow and make a weekend out of it and go see this huge football game. Do you like the official intro there? We're official now. This is This is an official segment. I loved it. That, I mean, that sounded fantastic <laughs> to me, and I appreciate y'all. Um, hey, so, look, I, I've been talking with people about this after watching the game on Saturday night. Like, the people keep trying to ter- downplay it to me of what we saw offensively from LSU going, oh, it was just Georgia Southern. It was just this. It was just that. And I'm going, guys, we've played the Georgia Southerns before. LSU has never executed that well on offense before in a game. Like, what we saw on Saturday might go in the Hall of Fame of greatest offensive performance from the LSU football team in the past 20 years. Uh, I'm curious your opinion on what you saw out of the offense on Saturday. Yeah, I I mean, I don't buy into the whole idea of downplaying it from, I guess, from a couple perspectives. One, as you said, LSU historically – at least in in recent history, when they've played a game like that and you think that they have the opportunity to really dominate the game, they haven't done so. Certainly not early and right off the bat the way they were able to Saturday against the Eagles. Usually it's it's a first half where everyone's kind of pulling their hair out and saying, how is this game still this close? And then maybe they pull away in the third quarter. Um, but it, it takes a little while. And, and you saw them come out of the gates on Saturday and score – not just score, but score touchdowns on their first five possessions and have just an all-around dominating performance because for everything the offense did, uh, racking up 42 points in the the first half and throwing the ball all over the place, uh, the defense was strong, held that team to to under 100 yards. Um, and I think Georgia Southern gets kind of overlooked because it's not a huge name brand type program, but they're, they're a pretty solid program uh, for their conference. And then on the other side of things, LSU just looked really good at what they were doing and had a great handle on the offense. They were able to get plays in, um, execute well, execute cleanly. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot of miscues. You know, not just speaking of not turning the ball over, but uh, a lot of there weren't clock issues very much for them. There weren't a, a whole lot of penalties, and so they just seemed like they had a really good handle on what they were doing and and showed that that they're going to have that ability to execute. Uh, I mean, obviously the degree of difficulty is going to ramp up uh, and it starts this week as they head to Texas. But I think a lot of, a lot to be encouraged about just in the way they did it, regardless of who was on the other side of the field. One thing I heard from, uh, I guess some people just being nitpicky, they said, oh, you know, we, we didn't run the ball as well. I mean, you know, we only ran for like 120 yards, averaged under four yards a carry. And and the thing I was telling people is, look, this is what you give up to run a spread offense. Like, you're still going to run the ball, 
but you're not going to have the 120, 130-yard rushing performances that you've been used to in the past with the Fournettes and the Geises and those kind of guys because you're sacrificing that to throw it more and move the ball around more. And the fact that, what, 14 different guys caught balls on Saturday, like, this is what a balanced offense should look like. And so anybody nitpicking about the yards per attempt and rushing yards and all that, like, this is what you're – like, to spread the ball around, this is what you sacrifice to be more balanced. Yeah, and, and that is an area that I am a little bit more interested in to see how it develops as the season goes because I think there will be some games where they're going to want to run the ball more effectively uh, against some of these SEC opponents. I, I think one thing that people should consider is everything you said, just the way that this offense is now set up, this new offense that everyone's been asking for for years now and, and finally – has is some of those those screens are going to be looked at as just kind of an extension of the run game and you know you'll talk about it as kind of like a metaphorical a really long handoff sort of thing and so the way that that the offense was able to get the ball to the running backs in the screen game and even you know looking at the little uh, the screen to Terrace Marshall for the touchdown and things like that that'll be looked at as kind of an extension of the run game and is kind of important to keep in mind um I mean, the mindset overall now, after all those years of using the run to set up the pass, is a lot more use that pass to to set up the run, um, and including some of those that short passing game into that. But I I am, you know, looking at how things played out on more traditional runs Saturday against Georgia Southern. I am interested to see how that develops because they probably will still want to um, to find a way to to be a little bit more effective when that's necessary because at some point this season they will need a little bit more of that than what we saw so far. Uh, defensively, Jared, I, look, I mean, it's it's hard to fully grade the defensive performance because you face a triple option team and, you know, they barely threw the ball at all. So it, it's hard to get a read on, on the secondary. But one guy who really flashed down the stretch of last season and flashed in this one is Jacoby Stevens. And he, he was so good in helping defend the run down the stretch last season, and then we saw that again on, on Saturday. I think this guy is going to be vitally important playing a quarterback like Sam Ellinger uh, at Texas that has the ability to take off and run. I think Jacoby Stevens coming up and helping a run support is going to be huge in this game Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see kind of the the personnel packages on defense and how different guys like Jacoby perform against against this offense because I think for him the offense that they faced in Georgia Southern uh, was a really good matchup for him where he could really kind of focus on going sideline to sideline and pursuing the ball in the running game that's that's an area that that has been a strength for him Um, but he also in in those limited coverage opportunities Saturday uh, just looking at some of the the more detailed grades uh, you know we work with Pro Football Focus every every week to look at some of those individual grades and different aspects of the game um, and, and kind of try to um, unpack that a little bit. And he graded out incredibly well in, in coverage, again, in limited opportunities. Um, and he had kind of come along in that regard late last season, too. And that's part of why you saw the, the confidence and trust in him grow down the stretch and him to be able to be on the field more often down the stretch uh, and you know, in more situations. And I think his role in this game where they're going to, they're going to try to run the ball a bit, but they're certainly going to throw a heck of a lot more than Georgia Southern ever was. 
uh, will be interesting to see where exactly Dave Aranda and company use him and and how successful he is. I think this will be kind of a a nice um, a nice litmus test for for Jacoby and exactly where he is. But I also think we're going to see some other guys a little bit more involved because of the nature of of the offense, where you might you might see Kerry Vincent involved um, a little bit more this week and. And just seeing how they u- utilize those guys in different situations, I think, is, is one of the things I'm most intrigued by uh, heading out there. I'm really curious, Jared, um, because, look, we know Greedy Williams, how good he was. And Christian Fulton, I mean, some people even argue, if you look at the advanced, advanced statistics from last year, was even slightly better as a cover man uh, in defending the pass plays. But, you know, Fulton, we have not seen him back since that foot injury, you know, in a competitive football game. So we don't know you know, how good he is. We expect he's going to be the same type player. But the other side is Derek Stingley. And Texas has made it known this week, making some comments that they're going to test uh, the freshman corner starting at the number two spot. But, you know, with knowing that he was the number one recruit in the country, we feel like he'll be able to step up to the moment and that it won't be too big for him. And obviously we've already seen his skills as a punt returner last week. But as a cover man, I mean, they, they weren't really tested against Georgia Southern. So I'm real curious to see how both those guys step up this week because they're going to have to play major roles if they're going to defend this passing attack from Texas. Yeah, for for anyone that wants to to test uh, Sting, uh, best of luck. You know, I I don't really see that going well most of the time for for many people uh, for many offenses, and so that's that's part of why. I mean, when you and I were talking last week and we were talking about some bold predictions. For last weekend, um, and, and the potential of a Stingley interception came up, I said he might have a, a kind of a flashy punt return last week, but I was looking at this week as his first interception because I figured that he wouldn't get a lot of opportunities in week one, but that week two they would try and test him a little bit and that he would ultimately rise to the occasion. I think at corner, both of those guys are incredibly, um, I mean, incredibly capable of, of being as good as, as any cornerback duo uh, anywhere and and rising to to this challenge and really just excelling throughout the course of the season. I'm I'm interested to see with more receivers on the field for Texas how kind of the depth there plays out and and who who gets used in coverage on that third and fourth wide receiver. You saw Cordell Flott, another true freshman, uh, with a lot of a lot of reps on Saturday. But again, defending Georgia Southern as a true freshman cornerback is a lot different from defending Texas uh, in Austin as a true freshman corner. And so uh, I feel good about those two guys on the perimeter who gets involved more in some, some nickel and dime packages and, and covering those uh, slot receivers, I think will be, will be interesting. And with the amount of youth back there and just, I mean, not a ton of experience and coverage outside of Christian and, and Grant Delpit and to some degree, Kerry Vincent, uh, I think, there's going to be an opportunity for for Texas to maybe hit on a couple big plays if there's some issues with communication. But overall, I, I feel like I feel like LSU. Uh, I, I know the Texas shirts this week are talking about only one DBU. I, I feel like this group in Baton Rouge is uh, is going to really rise to to the challenge out there overall. Uh, you know, for the game and, and be able to hold things in check. Talking with Jared Roser, TigerDetails.com. All right, Jared, let's. Uh... Let's get into uh, predictions in this. Well, first off, real quick, uh, Caleb on chase on. I gotta give credit where credit's due. I mean, that guy has been 
He looked like a guy who hadn't played football in a whole year and just let out all his pent-up frustrations out in one game. I mean, I think he murdered the the running back for Georgia Southern and then hurt the quarterback. I mean, I really felt like he was going to take out their entire team. you got to think this guy is going to be ready going up against the guy that he faced formerly in the high school playoffs in Ellinger. I mean, like, I feel like he's going to be up for this game. I'm excited for Calevon and in, you know, not certainly not the same degree, but the expectation is that Mike Divinity Jr. will be back in the lineup this week and after not being able to play last week. And you could see kind of some of the, the antsiness and eagerness from him on the sideline, uh, just wishing that he was out there. I think both of those guys are going to be, going to be in line for some pretty big games. And I look at that, that front seven, um, having the opportunity to really make things difficult for Ellinger uh, throughout the game. I think that's going to be that's going to be a huge deciding factor really both ways in this game is is how how well each team can protect and how well each team can get after the quarterback and I I think that LSU is going to harass uh, I mean just live in the Texas backfield and, and be able to make things make things pretty difficult and that that will be a huge plus for LSU and that you'll be looking ultimately if LSU can pass protect the way they did uh, the way they did Saturday that that things shake up uh, you know set up pretty well for LSU but yeah I, I agree Caleb going to be fun to watch I think a lot of those guys in that that linebacking core and really the LSU defense as a whole against this type of a challenge uh, will be a lot of fun all right prediction time Jared I, I... If you'd asked me about this game a week ago, I would have said LSU would have a good chance, but I would have said probably I think Texas wins it just because they're at home, the home field advantage. After seeing what I saw at LSU on Saturday, man, it's hard not for me to see LSU winning this game, whether it's close or whether it's a blowout. I mean, I could could spin it either way, but common sense comes into play. I think it's probably a close game. But I gotta—I just can't see LSU going in there and laying an egg and and doing everything wrong that they didn't do last week would just be mind-boggling to me. I think they win this game. So I was—I was actually talking to to Mister Stingley on Sunday, and we were talking about kind of the way the matchup sets up. And I told him, um, like you know, for a couple months now, I've heard people making little bets, kind of overlooking the opener. Anytime someone from Texas is around, they start chirping at one of my friends that, you know, I'll bet you this, that Texas wins. And I've just kind of quietly said, look, if you think that person's going to pay up, take the bet now. Just take the bet. Don't ask questions. Go with it. Because I felt really confident then. And then after, the, after seeing the way that those two openers went, I feel about as confident as I've felt about LSU's chances in a big game in a while. Um, recording, recording our weekly podcast with 225 magazine yesterday mark clements was sitting there watching me kind of with this this kind of goofy smile because i like i knew i was about to say say something a little bit more confident or a little bit more aggressive than than i typically do in games like this where it's it's just kind of tough to see how it shakes up ahead of time i i just think it matches up so well for them that i've been looking at them winning at about 37-24, and I think it could be a little bit more lopsided. Um, I think they have that opportunity to go out there and set it up almost like an Oregon game uh, in 2011 where no one else or people around the country are watching this game because there's no one else huge playing at that same time slot, and suddenly everyone around the country is, is looking and seeing, okay, shoot, LSU is really serious this year.
<laughs> that that's what's so funny to me, Jared. Is I, you know, some of these guys who claim to be national experts, like Barrett Salee and others. I saw them tweeting on set Sunday morning, going, "You know, okay, so there's really only two good teams in the SEC. That's Georgia and Alabama." I go, "Wait a minute! None of these people watched LSU." I saw Barrett, Barrett, uh, or, or rather Brett McMurphy, his AP poll he put out yesterday. He dropped LSU two spots from six to eight. I said. What did you see out of LSU on Saturday? They would they would drop them two spots, and so what I suddenly started to realize is, oh, all those people were watching Auburn, Oregon. Nobody actually watched LSU and saw what the offense looked like. And so I'm with you, Jared. If they go out there and do what they did this past week, I think they're going to shock the nation. Have a lot of people turn their heads and going, wait, do what now? What's going on in LSU? Yeah, I, I, I think every everything you just said is is pretty spot on. That I think people just saw that they were playing Georgia Southern and, and kind of looked the other way. There were some other big games going on. This week there really is, I mean, people will finish up watching that Texas A&M Clemson game and be trying to figure out what to watch next, uh, you know, as a casual fan that isn't already locked into this matchup and realize that that's, you know, that's the, the big game to watch at that point. And I, I feel like it sets up, very well for them. As I mentioned, I kind of compared to the Oregon game. I, I talked a lot last year going into that Miami game as thinking that was a really big pre, uh, early season matchup for LSU, more in the sense of, you know, things have been kind of up and down in a lot of ways, and people were critical of Orgeron at times early in, in his tenure thus far. And so it was kind of a pivotal, were they going to rise to that occasion and set the table in a positive way for the rest of last season, or were they going to put themselves a little bit in a hole to start out and be trying to dig themselves back out. I think this year LSU really is in that that next group right there, uh, legitimately vying for a playoff spot, and that this is kind of the the statement game between being a pretty good football team and being and showing everyone that they really are among that top three, four, five type teams in the in the country. And and that's where I think they are. I really do think they're going to come out and make that statement. And uh, and be one of the teams that's on everyone's radar after Saturday, moving forward the rest of the way. Well, I'm super excited, Jared. I got the car packed already. We'll be hitting the road uh, Friday after the show, heading out to Austin. So we'll have to hit you up and uh, try to meet up out there. Let our listeners know TigerDetails.com. Uh, I was reading your uh, you did the grades on offense and defense after the game. Ron Higgins had some great uh, pieces as well. Uh, let our listeners know what you guys are going to have up at uh, TigerDetails.com this week. Yeah, so we, I mean, we still have a lot of, uh, you know, coverage of everything O and the players are talking about this week, as well as some breakdowns heading into the matchup. I've been talking a lot with our guys at orangebloods.com, the rivals Texas site, uh, the past couple of days with some, some podcasts and, and just kind of breaking down, kind of sharing some, some notes from each side of the matchup. And so that'll be some stuff to watch, uh, you know, both our takes from the LSU side of how things sets up, but also uh, getting some, some great content from, from Jeff and, and Jason out there uh, trying to get a little bit more information from the Texas side as well. Uh, it's certainly a big matchup that I think everyone in, in both states is, is looking forward to. And as I mentioned, folks around the country. So uh, trying to cover as best we can before, during, and after. Jared, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time. And uh, I'll have to hit you up while we're in Austin. Yeah, man. Hit me up. I'll be out there uh, late Thursday, so I'll, I'll try and keep it warm for you until you arrive Friday. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Mate. All right, Jarrett Roser, TigerDetails.com. And, again, they got a, a deal. If you never subscribe to TigerDetails.com, they have a special right now. You get 25% off plus a $75 gift code to Rivals.
the promo code is Adidas uh, you would use if you go sign up there. So TigerDetails.com. It's Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280. Quick break. Wrap up hour number one after this.